0: of roses whoa people give their wishes to me and i grant the wishes i am sure are good for roses
1: some of these will never be granted
0: not some most
1: they deserve more than i decide
0: what everyone deserves
1: guys i'm not gonna bury the lead here this is a bad movie. It's just it's so poorly written. Honestly, the plot does not make much sense and it's like Disney Disney the sheer hubris you must have to spend 200 million dollars on this movie meaning you need to make at least 400 million dollars just to break even. You really thought that many people were going to shell out money to go to go watch this? Like what? Just based on brand recognition? You're too big to fail. Oh, I'm Disney. I could film feces being thrown out of the wall and I know people are going to go see it. Well, not anymore, Disney. Okay. Maybe at a certain time that may have been true but it's not true now. So let's talk about the movie Wish, Disney's latest release, and also, pretty impressively, its holiday release, okay? Because usually studios tend to save, like, their best stuff for around this time because they know that a lot of people are off work, therefore people have more free time, and free time they may spend going to the theaters. And not only that, but the release of Wish also happens to coincide with Disney's 100th anniversary, which regardless of what you may think of Disney is pretty impressive, right? I mean, how many companies are not only still around after 100 years, but also just bigger than they ever have been. And aside from the corporate aspect of things, 100 years of Disney is also, I think, a huge landmark because this is the same studio that's given us such classics as The Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, not the wannabe uh, nature CGI documentary, but the the actually original Good Lion King, I mean, with so many objectively great movies under their belt, although perhaps not lately, uh, seeing this movie, Wish, being branded with like Disney 100, it made me kind of wonder like, okay, what have you got, Disney? What are you going to release to show the world that as a company, you've still got it, that you're still able to make classics that are well-loved for generations? Well, after having seen the movie, I've got to say, I I don't know what Disney's God but but if it's just this It ain't it. We have more to talk about with this film, but first I do want to say a big thank you to today's sponsor, Beam. As I'm sure we all know, sleep can basically make or break your entire day. If you don't get enough sleep, you're not going to be able to do things like focus, perform at your best, or even for as long as you would like to. And unfortunately, there are long-term side effects of not getting enough sleep. I'm talking about things like weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and yes, lower productivity. And if that weren't bad enough, studies also show that sleeping less than six to seven hours per night is linked to reduced white blood cell count. If that all sounds like what you would like to avoid, then you need to know about Beam Dream. You see, Beam's Dream Powder is a healthy hot cocoa for sleep, and today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. It's now available in delicious seasonal flavors like cinnamon cocoa, sea salt caramel, and white chocolate peppermint. Better sleep, honestly, has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up feeling refreshed instead of groggy like some other sleep aids can. A recent clinical study revealed that Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. And what I love about Dream is it's so easy to incorporate into my nighttime routine. I just take a mug of warm milk. I whisk the Beam Dream Powder into it. And not only does it help me stay asleep, but it's also like a nice little snack I get before bedtime. If you want to try Beam's best-selling Dream Powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year and get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com Lauren. discount is auto-applied at checkout, so there's no code necessary. Again, that's shopbeam.com Lauren for up to 50% off. And a huge thank you to Beam for sponsoring this video. And now we're going to get into all of the problems that I have with this movie, but just a heads up, if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want any spoilers, then I would say pause this video and come back to it later because we are going to be getting into specifics. So Wish introduces us to the mythical kingdom of Rosas, which apparently is situated somewhere in the Mediterranean. It is a kingdom that was built and is now ruled by a sorcerer king called Magnifico, who is played by Chris Pine. And his whole thing is that he actually holds the power to grant people's wishes, hence the very creative name of this movie. Wish. As a side note, have you guys noticed that Disney titles have gotten pretty lazy over the past little bit? And this isn't just like a recent thing. I mean, I think it started with Tangled, but since then we've had Frozen. Now, Wish. Lightyear. I don't know. It's just, it's not very creative. Maybe it's a marketing thing we move on. Yeah, obviously this whole wish premise, pretty big deal in the movie, the backbone of the film, I guess you could say. And in Rosas, there is a ceremony where when every citizen turns 18, they actually give the King their biggest wish. And sometimes he chooses to grant those wishes. And sometimes he doesn't. That concept that Magnifico doesn't grant all wishes. And he actually only grants ones that he deems safe. That was highlighted in the trailer. And, uh, the way the trailer portrayed it, basically it seemed like Asha thought it was wrong, uh, that not all wishes would be granted only some of them a lot of people pointed out actually makes a lot of sense because not all wishes are good and they shouldn't all be granted. And so people were kind of making fun of this movie for that concept. Like, what are you trying to tell kids that it's bad if not all of your wishes are granted by some like magician somewhere? Is that unfair? But in defense of the movie, uh, the message isn't as simple as that. I'm not going to say that it's better than that, but it's more complicated. And you see what the trailer actually didn't talk about is that when the citizens of Rosas give their wishes to the king, they actually forget about them, they don't remember what they are, uh, until when and if they are granted by the king. And in addition to that whole wish concept, much like Planet Fitness actually, everyone is welcome to Rosas. Uh, they accept people from all over the world who want to move to Rosas just to take part in the kingdom and to potentially have their wishes granted. However, as we soon find out, this whole benevolent wish facade, it actually hides somewhat similarly to Planet Fitness as well, a cruel tyranny under the surface. What am I talking about? Well, enter our heroine, Asha. She's beautiful, but also plucky and awkward in a relatable way. And actually, this is something else that people were criticizing even before this movie came out. It seems like all Disney princesses really post Tangled have the same personality. Have you guys noticed? Like they kind of have that self-deprecating humor. Like they don't take themselves too seriously. They're kind of jokey and clumsy, which I think was fine to kind of mix things up from the more traditionally graceful princesses. And at least I thought the way they incorporated that to Rapunzel's character for Tangled was done well because that made a lot of sense. She was someone who grew up very sheltered in a literal tower, kept away from everybody. But I think we're at a point now where it's like, okay, you guys can write other types of princesses, right? Like they don't all need to be like that. We've leaned so far into the concept of like an anti princess princess where it's like, okay but now that's the new stereotype. But anyway, Asha lives with her mother and her grandfather and it's actually her grandfather's 100th birthday. Which is really cool, but it also means that it's been a really long time since he gave his wish to the king but his wish still has not been granted yet in one of these like wish ceremonies they do, it seems like, every month uh, where at least one wish is chosen to be fulfilled. And so Asha understands understandably, really wants her grandfather's wish to be granted. So much so that she actually brings it up to the king during an interview to become his apprentice. And it's these scenes, by the way, of Asha interviewing to be the apprentice that kind of make the bulk of the trailers that you probably saw for this film. But yeah, it's here that Asha discovers that, (gasps) gasp, most of these people's wishes will actually never be fulfilled. Some of these will never be granted.
0: Not some most.
1: They deserve more than I decide
0: what everyone deserves.
1: And now despite what the trailer made it seem like, Ash's main issue here with the king actually isn't that he doesn't grant all of the wishes. It's rather that he still insists on keeping wishes even when he knows he's not going to grant them instead of actually giving them back to the person and letting them remember what their wish was and therefore enabling them to work toward it themselves. Which I actually think is a fair complaint like if you don't think this person's wish is a good idea for somewhat our arbitrary reasons it is explained in the film. At least let them maybe try to work toward it. But to this, the king says, no, never, because, I don't know, vague control issues? No, he insists, even for the wishes, he has no intention of granting on hoarding them like a dragon. There's also here in this exchange with the king where they're talking about the wishes that kind of exist in these little orbs, uh, that there is a very peculiar song. It's called At All Costs, and it's sung by the king and by Asha. And what's strange about it is that It is definitely a love song, like a romantic love song that a man would sing to a woman or vice versa. But in the film, it's them singing it to these wishes. It just doesn't really make sense. I mean, the lyrics include things like What's Pain When I Look at You? No way I could ever explain you, even if I tried to. I'll never dream like I used to do. If someone tried to hurt you, I don't see how that could happen. I'd fight for you in ways you can't imagine felt this? No, I haven't. I hope it would be all right to stay right here beside you. If you're ever feeling like you're lost, I will come find you. Man, all fronts, there's no ocean. I won't swim across to be right by you. And not just once here and now, I swear on my response. I'll remind you. I mean, this, honestly, this seems like a love song, but they're singing it to wishes, which is confusing. And I think what maybe happened here is the marketing people over at Disney were like, Hey, I love songs in our soundtracks tend to do pretty well, you know, uh, on, on the charts, they're more translatable than other songs to, I guess, the general music listening population. So we're gonna need, we're gonna need a love song in this movie. But the problem there was that there is no romance in this film. So the people behind the movie were like, all right, what what do we do? We need a love song. Okay, well, I guess, I guess we could make them sing this to the orbs, maybe try that. And I guess I'm here to tell you all that uh, whatever the thinking was behind, including the song, did not work out. I can't imagine. Felt as though no, I haven't. I hope it would be alright
0: to stay right here beside you
1: anyway, this interaction between Asha and the king ends obviously poorly. I mean, she's challenging him on how he's running the kingdom. Not great to do in an interview. So obviously she does not get the apprenticeship. And later that evening, while singing a very wordy song, Asha actually ends up wishing on a star uh, for more for the people of Rosas. So I look up at the stars to guide me. (laughs) I wish. And this wish of hers actually magically causes that literal star to come down to Rosas in the form of this, like, semi-sentient little uh, merchandising opportunity. And this event also sends, like, magic reverberations all throughout the kingdom. And now you may be asking yourself, why does this happen? Like, what is the mechanism that causes this star to fall down from the heavens? The movie makes it very clear that Asha herself is not magic, nor does she have any type of, like, chosen status upon her. And the movie also references later that even just wishing upon a star is something that little kids do. So clearly she's not even the first person, the only person to ever have tried uh, wishing upon a star. Yeah, this to me is where the movie really kind of went off the rails because I could tell like, all right, the people who were writing the script, they did not have a coherent idea as to like what exactly the message or the theming was gonna be here. But there is a confusing song here sung by animals because apparently the star can make animals talk which is fun, where it's basically explained that actually everybody is a star. So, you know, that's not an answer. And now if you're still wondering, Lauren, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, allow me to read you some of the lyrics from the song that is sung by woodland critters who have been given the ability to talk from the star that has just fallen from the sky. Have you ever wondered why you look up at the sky for answers or why flowers in the wind are effortless and eloquent dancers? What forms the rings in the trees turns a pine from a seed? What's passed down genetically to you and to me? And why our eyes all look like microscopic galaxies? Have you ever wondered why you look up at the sky for answers? Well, you don't have to look too hard. We're here for all your question marks. If you really wanna know just who you are, you're a star. And that's another problem that I have with this movie, Uh, just the songs in general. First off, I feel just like even in and of themselves that the lyrics here are not great. They seem pretty childish, if you ask me, and I know that this is a film that is intended for, you know, a family audience and for children, but that was true of previous Disney films that had amazing lyrics that I thought were profound and really universal. I mean, check out these lyrics from Go the Distance, which is from the film Hercules and is one of my favorite songs by Disney. I've often dreamed of a far-off place where Hero's welcome would be waiting for me, where the crowds would cheer when they see my face, and a voice keeps saying, This is where I'm meant to be. I'll be there someday, I can go the distance. I will find my way if I can be strong. I know every mile would be worth my while. When I go the distance, I'll be right where I belong. Contrast that with Wish's song, uh, This Is the Thanks I Get, which is sung by Chris Pine and is kind of like the villain song of the film. And by the way, the villain songs are usually the best songs. For Unfortunate Souls from The Little Mermaid, Be Prepared from The Lion King, usually, right, they slap. Well, in This Is the Thanks I Get, Chris Pine sings, I can't help it if mirrors love my face. It's genetics. It's genetics. Yeah, I got these genes from outer space. There's no reference to outer space for the rest of this film. He's not an alien. I don't know where this is coming from. Keep the name, I'm magnificent. I put the I in omnipotent. I'm passionate, I'm not petulant. Someone praise me for my benevolence. You're so brilliant. Ah, that's the least you could say. There's more, admit it. You're cute and strong and bold and brave, thanks. See this kingdom, I built it up and you still complain, ungrateful much? I mean, you guys tell me, am I being overly critical here or are are we just, Operating on totally different levels now than we used to in Disney films. And really, aside from the lyrics, just in and of themselves, not being that great, in my opinion, I also feel like the person who is actually writing the music for the songs was on a totally different page than the lyricist. The songs just don't really flow well, in my opinion. Uh, In addition to them being forgettable, they're just overly wordy. It seems like the singers are tripping over themselves, trying to get all the lyrics out because the film is also relying heavily on lyrics to explain the plot. I think the music and the songs are some of the best parts of previous Disney films, uh, Hercules especially, also Beauty and the Beast. I mean, just all of them. But now, now we're actually at a point where I think the songs might be a weak point for Disney, which is so sad. But uh, moving on, now Asha has this friend, this little star thing. And so the star and Asha and also her goat sidekick, who can now talk, they decide that they're actually going to break into uh, the palace in order to try and steal Asha's grandfather's wish, so at least he can have it for himself. And now this is breaking into not only a castle fortress but also a sorcerer's study so obviously there are challenges they face along the way trying to get in there but hey that should all be super easy right because Asha now has this magical star so clearly that star is going to have a lot of power that helps her out along the way right not not so much you see throughout the film the star the star does not really do a lot in terms of being useful he's more just there for like vibes I guess, uh, you know, maybe make the occasional animal talk, but overall not a huge power-up by any means. But while trying to break into the castle to get these wishes, uh, Asha comes across her like six different friends uh, whom she ends up revealing her secret to about having this star. And not only having star, but also going to try to steal wishes. Which obviously is a pretty bad idea. I feel like we can recognize immediately revealing that big of a secret to that many people. Like immediately we know that someone's going to reveal this secret. They do end up helping Asha get into the king's study where the wishes are. Simultaneously, though, King Magnifico holds a meeting with the entire city saying that he is looking for whatever magician or whatever magic caused the Event last night, which was actually the star falling down, but he doesn't know this at the time. He's forbidden anyone else from practicing magic in the kingdom, and so he promises that to whomever gives him some information about what happened the other night, he will actually definitely he will actually grant their wish. Uh oh, that seems like incentive for someone to turn Asha in. Is one of her friends maybe going to betray her while she's in the king's study? Though Asha is successful in getting her grandpa's wish, and now, like guys. At this point in the film, she should have just let all of the wishes go. Like, she knows that most of these wishes aren't going to be granted, and she thinks it's a bad thing that he's keeping them for himself. If she were rational, she would have just, like, kind of cut to the chase and released all of the wishes right now. But the writers of the film decided that actually that needs to be, like, the climax of the movie, so we're going to save that for later, even though that totally could have been done now and saved us all a lot of time. Asha manages to give this wish back to her grandpa, but, ho, one of her friends, he, he did... He did squeal on her. And so now King Magnifico shows up at her house and finds out that she does, in fact, have the star. And the king actually wants to take the star for himself because it will give him even more power, which is really interesting uh, because once more, the star does not do much. Apparently, if the king, like, eats or absorbs the star, he'll become totally juiced up, which is kind of interesting because all the star does so far is, like, float around and make goats talk. And now the rest of the film has Asha and her friends and also uh, the king's queen, who isn't really vibing with how evil he's gotten. They all kind of work together to release the wishes of all the people while simultaneously keeping the star away from the king, making sure he doesn't get that. And in the film, the way that they actually, I guess, defeat the king during like the final battle, I'm not even kidding, is literally by just like holding hands and singing it out. Like they don't outsmart him. They don't out fight him. There's no master strategy. They just pretty much start singing and maybe like wishing really hard. Just uh, overpowers all of his magic. And he was at the time really kicking butt until then. But yeah, their power of song and wishing and or friendship maybe, it actually imprisons the king in his own scepter. Again, the specific mechanisms for how that worked unclear, definitely not explained. I mean, there's even this like magic book that some of the characters at one point were looking through trying to find a way to defeat the king, but they couldn't find anything there. But I guess just like, you know, singing at him, that'll, that'll do the trick. Yeah. At the end of the film, the star uh, does decide that he, she, maybe it, I don't know, will actually give Asha the power to grant wishes. Is that in line with the message that I think The film was maybe trying to make uh, that we should just be working toward our own goals instead of relying on someone else to fulfill them. Not really, but uh, if I'm being honest, I don't know if the writers actually had a, a tangible theme here with this film or if they were just, you know writing words. The king's motivations are messy and ill-defined. His downfall, just as puzzling. The heroine is there, and while well-intentioned, I'm not sure she even keeps the moral high ground throughout the film. You realize what the king is doing is evil, therefore you want to release your own grandpa's wish, but you're willing to let everyone else's wish just stay up there. Kinda sus, but okay. Songs, forgettable. I've already forgotten what all of them sound like. I will say, at least though, that this, this is not a long movie. Which is a good thing, because if Disney is going to make a bad movie, I would rather it be shorter. Those are my thoughts, though, and we now turn to Papa Chen.
0: Honestly, the truth, I think Walt Disney making movies from good to bad and from bad to worse. This one, I would rate it not even a five. The story, absolutely very simple story. A bad king, wants to keep everybody wishes. And... They sing in, from what I read, $200 million, making these animation movies. Now, I know these days, things are very expensive, but somehow Walt Disney, the management, to screen all the scripts, see whether it is possible when they invest $200 million, they need $400 million to break even. Can they make it back? Highly unlikely especially this one. I find, you know, like the last three years, Walt Disney come up with a lot of animation movies. They were all bad. But this one, I'm really surprised. (laughs) This is the worst among them all. Like uh, I could feel this movie should have been sung in Walt Disney Channel for the Christmas but maybe they they estimated, wow, we put in 200 million, we gotta get some money back, but it's not working. I think Walt Disney, the management, should actually do something about it. But I know they have deep pockets, but you have to report to the shareholders, either case. You, this one, absolutely not worth going to see. I, I'm sure even the young children, they find it boring, and I find, as a matter of fact, when I was watching halfway through, I thought I was watching a Bollywood animation movie, but and some of them, actually I watched quite a few, much better than this, and cost a fraction of 200 million. Bollywood, could, India can do one similar to that, maybe 30 million or even less. So I think they really have a problem with Disney. Well, that also,
1: I mentioned Bollywood, I want to ask you about the music. So traditionally, Disney movies were known for having great music, Beauty and the Beast. I think they may have won an Oscar for uh, one of the songs. What do you think about the music, the soundtrack?
0: Let me put it this way, when you say music, I prefer there's no singing in this movie because the, movie, the, the music is Honestly, I hate to use the word crap. You know, like I could understand a lot of Walt Disney movies. You have music, you have songs, but not this one. This one is really, I find none of the songs is entertaining. Actually, it's quite annoying. We've also
1: seen Disney now try to do a lot of like sequels. So there's a sequel to Inside Out coming. Do you think this one is...
0: Absolutely not. I hope not because they will realize that from the box office, it will reflect. Disregard whether they show in China, India, they will have a hard time getting 400 million to break even. Yeah, I I, I am sure Walt Disney right now, from what I read, they're trying to correct what they've been done in the last three years, but yet still a long way to go back to the previous Walt Disney Animation movie. Because in the past, you take a look, all the animation movies by Walt Disney are very wholesome, the children love it. And it's a classic, one after the other. Now this, people watch it and try to forget about it. It's sad. Do you think that
1: Disney will be able to correct course
0: in the future? I hope so, but I can see they're trying. A lot of weird things. Like in the last few movies, you know, like uh, diversity and then they must have uh, some gay scenes, all that. I didn't see, maybe I was wrong. I didn't see any. They're trying to correct this because all these issues should not apply to animation movie because the main theme is for children, for holidays, for family good time. But it's not, it, 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 Walt Disney failing the American people.
1: So, okay, family who wants to go see a, a movie uh, for the holidays, don't recommend this?
0: Absolutely not. Wait until you see on TV, on Disney Channel. I'm sure it will be very fast.
1: Now at the time that I'm filming this and maybe this will change, but so far, Wish has proven to be a disappointment at the box office. As Variety reports, Thanksgiving box office battle heats up Disney's Wish struggling against Hunger Games. It's written here that Wish is, quote, looking like another box office dud for a studio that had previously enjoyed an unprecedented record of success. Wish earned a disappointing $3.9 million over Thanksgiving, bringing its total to $12.2 million. It is projected to generate $35 million over the five-day period. Now for reference, it was previously reported by Box Office Pro that the five-day opening weekend prediction for Wish was as high as $66 million, which I think it's pretty safe to say is absolutely not going to happen at this point. This film is ultimately just a great example of how Disney is floundering in the modern era, and it's not even due to wokeness at this point. This is just a bad movie. But in any case, that's all we have to say for now, and as always, we would love to know what you guys think. Have you seen Wish? And if so, what did you think of it? Let us know down below, and do you, do you foresee Disney recovering from its string of box office bombs anytime in the near future? Let us know down below. That's it for now though. If you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time.